Hey, happy Monday. Happy 2021, uh, guys. In 2021. Watching and listening. I, uh, we started the show before I actually opened my beer, so I'm going to do that here. But, oh. Welcome to uh, the uh, smoothie sour slash just maybe smoothie episode slash uh, sherbet sour episode. So Jason, we are just having this discussion in a uh, little like pre-show uh, talk. Jason was kind of under the impression leading into this episode that we were going to be talking about like smoothie beers, like uh, like the home smooges and stuff like that. I and mean, granted, they're seltzers, but it, it um, says beer on the can. It does say beer on the can. <laughs> but the and, but there's uh, and there's other stuff. There, there, we, we had recently been to Ferndale and they had smoothie beers that we bought. And there's, um, I have a smoothie stout. So it, that's what I thought we were talking about. Smoothies. The, the Ferndale stuff was, uh, they were sort of like cocktails, like smoothie cocktails, if I remember right yeah. or something. Is that right? Yeah, um, they were. <clears throat> so, so I guess we're going to start the show out since we have a couple of these uh, with, with smooches. Um, so what is a smoothie beer to you, Jason? Well, so that's so, so, so to, to finish that thought that you started. Yeah, yeah. Your when your mindset when we just we were discussing this episode was sherbet sours or lacto sours, right? That's that's what. We, yeah, we can go into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so so you were thinking lacto sours. I was thinking uh, fruit smoothie beers uh, or seltzers or cocktails um good thing is is i mean we've got them both and i think they all fit into the smoothie um genre uh you know like you said the the sours that we have from ferndale um you know definitely are those lactose sours like that that have been coming out of uh homes and and other breweries around uh, the state recently are definitely in that kind of smoothie area but there is specifically this new trend of basically fermenting, uh, you know, sugars and loading it with fruit puree and sure. Yeah. Making smooch, which is fucking good. It's really good. But I mean, like (laughs) smoothies are good too, right? Like it's, it's like, uh, I mean, here's the thing. Um, it's, it's, it's just blended fruit and sugar and it's delicious. Because why wouldn't it be with a little bit of you know alcohol and stuff like that? Um, there's the smoothie episode, guys. You know, hey, have a great Monday. We'll, uh, <laughs> yeah. we'll catch you guys next week. Uh, no, um, 2021 lesson. Yeah. Found a few of these, and then yeah, no. <laughs> um, but uh, but we'll we'll, we'll kind of get to uh, you know adding fruit to these later, and and uh, I think we have like a little uh, piece of packaging. Uh, like segment and stuff that we'll talk about. I don't know the the, the show we have a, we have kind of laid out in terms of like talking about what these are and uh, how to make them and um, you know guesstimates on how and how some of the more popular ones are made and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I don't know. How, how do you how do you like the smooch? I mean, so it you know I I imagine I, I remember talking to a brewer and I don't remember which one a couple of years ago and I asked him you know how do you use fruit puree because it's so hard on the homebrew scale it's really hard to get fruit puree uh or for to get beer out of fruit puree right because yeah, yeah. It, it just stays in suspension and and the brewer 
whichever one it was, looked at me and told me, you don't use it. Um, like that was their answer. I'm like, how do you use fruit, fruit puree? And they're like, we don't, because uh, you can't get that shit out. And I imagine that other breweries were probably playing with that and uh, and couldn't get this stuff out. And, and I know it's hard to see on camera, but it's like, it's like sticking to the side of the glass and it's rolling down and there's like, there's no way you'd ever be able to filter this out of a beer. And so, you know, people like Holmes and some of the other uh, kind of cutting edge breweries out there just said, fuck it then. <laughs> We're going to leave add, it in. Add more for your puree. <laughs> right. Into it. Um, so that's, that's what I get from this is, is it's super thick. Uh, you can see the fruit pectin on the side of the glass. It's, it's creamy. It's got lactose in it. It's probably got vanilla. Um, you know, this one I'm drinking is strawberry banana. Yeah, I don't think these do. Um, and, and those might be trades of uh, some of the, the sours that we'll get to. But I think these are mostly just fruit. Actually, this one does say dairy free. So I, I apologize there. Yeah. There's no lactose in it. Um, it's I just pure. Apologize. Thank you. Yeah. Which uh, I was going to bring up, you know, later, like out on the packaging and stuff like that. But like. Uh, a lot it's it's a trend right now where uh where um you, you can't get the flavor that's in this sort of beer like the the straight fruit like sugary like flavor uh if you let it ferment out right so a lot of these are being packaged um not fully fermented out and you have to keep them cold to stop the yeast from essentially uh waking up and re-fermenting in the can. And I think we've all seen uh, pictures here and there of uh, like exploding cans and stuff like that because it's just sort of the trend right now, which is good and bad. It sucks because, I mean, it's, you know, it can be potentially dangerous for consumers or, you know, at the very least, like cause a mess in your fridge or counter or whatever. But <clears throat> on the same, uh, on the flip side, you can't get those flavors. Um, on a take-home scale, you know, in a can or something like that without doing that, um, which is why a lot of places, uh, you know, take the approach of doing brewery only, like in, like, like on-site serving and stuff like that. But being what this year was, you know, that hasn't really been possible uh, for a lot of places for uh, a lot of a prolonged period of time. So it's kind of like, what do you do brew the kind of beer that people want to drink and put the risk on them or, or, and, and I don't want to say risk isn't like there's a huge risk or anything like that. It's not like you're going to go to the hospital with like shrapnel injuries or anything like that from these coming out of the fridge. But no, I mean, and they are doing them in cans, uh, which is safer. I mean, a can is going to, uh, you know, give obvious signs before it's just going to explode. Um, you know, you're going to get swelling and you're going to get um, dis disformation or malformation. Um, I, I would be more disturbed if they were doing them in, in bottles because uh, that would be a lot more dangerous. But and I think everyone I've seen does specifically say to store cold. A lot of the ones that are the fruit smoothies, not so much the the sour uh, sherbet sours that we're going to talk about, but the fruit smoothies in particular do say to actually store them upside down. Yeah, um, that this is it. Whoops. <laughs> uh, and that's, that's just so there's so much settling. If you were just to open this and pour it, you're going to get there's stratification that happens in the can uh, due to the, 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 the fruit puree. And so if you um, these also are not carbonated, so uh, they're OK to even give a little I'd bit of shake to your ears isn't. 
Yeah, my, not, mine's carbonated. It's slightly. I'll, I'll open it. Um, there's there's really no. You're not going to get like the big. Um, you know, it's not going to go everywhere. So. Yeah, it sounded like a lot of uh, of hissing there. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is, but it didn't. It's not like blowing up and yeah, yeah, yeah. Finish the the strawberry. Uh, Drew, no, so, I, I don't. I don't yeah, know if a lot of these do. I don't. I'm not seeing anything, at least on the smooge, which is probably one of my new favorite words. Um, <laughs> I'm not seeing anything about sulfates on here, but it it does. I'm I'm confused about it saying beer. <laughs> so uh like if that comes up like right there it says yeah beer. and it is so uh legally corn sugar or uh beet sugar whatever they use in this is uh can be considered an alternative fermentable up to 100 percent of the recipe um oh. i believe so seltzer is technically beer in terms of uh like taxes that breweries have to pay out to like uh, that. That makes GPB, sense. Beer, right. Yeah. Yeah. So it is, it is a beer. If, um, if it was on the other hand, say like a fruit puree with vodka added or something like that, then it would be not beer because it's not fermented. Yeah. Right. And the pina colada is really good too. So <clears throat> anyway, yeah, they're, they're, they're alcoholic candy. That's really what this come down to. It's yep. the, the ones that we had from Ferndale. Um, and what's the other, what's the, the co-brand of that, Brian? Eastern Market? Eastern Market Brewing. Yeah, Ferndale is yeah. like <clears throat> their side project. It's like, you know, it's the smooge of homes kind of. Yeah. Not, I mean, not specifically hard seltzers, but. So, you know, we had, um, I think I drank the raspberry, a pineapple, and a mango. And they were all the same thing, just super thick. Um you know, very fruit pithy. Um, and, and my understanding of at least how these are made, you know, no hops. Um, it, this was basically, you know, a seltzer base, a sugar base fermented, and then just a ton of fruit puree yep. um, mixed in. Uh, I believe these are about 5%. Yep. They are. Yep. Yep, that's what it says. Yeah, 5% alcohol. So, you know, they're probably, I wouldn't surprise me if they're making like a 10 or, or even higher base and then cutting it with more than 50% fruit puree. fruit puree. There's something for you to try, Jason. I mean, you just yeah. made a huge seltzer, right? I am. You're tempting me, man. They, they had, they're selling uh, on Amazon, selling those 40 pound bags of aseptic fruit puree uh, pretty cheap right now. I think 40, 50 bucks. Do it. Um, so Smooth yourself, might, man. Might have to be. <clears throat> I um. So. We'll get into like making these in like a minute, but like, um, my last uh, beer that I made like this, I think I made with, yeah, I don't know, blackberry puree maybe or something like that. Um, and uh, I used two of those like larger vintners harvest like puree cans like and vintner harvest is like a they're a they're a off shoot company of uh oregon fruits or something like that i believe I think which is like a big 64 ounce cans provider yeah, yeah something like that yeah. yeah i used two of them right into the keg um because i was feeling you know particularly brave and uh 
man, I got to tell you, I'm not going to do that again. You know how you were just talking about like, how do you get, you know, the fruit out of the, the beer and, and stuff like that? I had fucking clogging issues like in my taps and in my keg and stuff like that for like days before I finally like worked it all out. And the beer was delicious afterwards, but uh, it was it was a huge pain in the ass. Um, on, on, on the homebrew scale, I would be concerned about how to keep it, you know, in suspension. I mean, you know, I, I don't drink off of every tap every day or, you know, I'm not pulling taps throughout the day. And I, I would... I, I would almost think I'd have to like open my keys or, or my kegerator and like shake the keg and then serve a beer. And that would just be a yeah. pain in the ass. I think that on a homebrew scale, it's probably easier to use the puree like in, uh, you know, in primary or secondary or however you want to do it and then stabilize it and then just let it sit for like a week and then just like rack it out into a keg through like, a filter like a sticky stick like a racking cane in through like a hot <clears throat> screen or something like that and just yeah. rack it out because getting any of that into your keg it's just like getting hops into the keg it's just like asking for trouble um, yeah i did a i did a cider that i put a bunch of fruit in the keg on and that was a huge mistake and it had to take the dip tube out and clean it out it was, it was a huge problem so yeah i would well, so for Drew's question, you know, he's, he's curious about those sulfites. And I do, yeah, it is common practice in the wine industry to, to do that. And, and even, you know, in the ciders um, that are being back sweetened. Uh, I would say, though, that, you know, in the past, and I think we talked about this in last week's show, um, you know, we had a seltzer episode, and then we kind of got somebody with seltzer knowledge. We had a cider episode, and we got somebody with some cider knowledge. So, I guess my my uh, my hope here is that Holmes will come on and talk to us about Smooge in a few weeks. So <laughs> um, there we go. If anybody's got the connection at Holmes, I know we sent him a note once, didn't hear anything back, but we'll try again uh, and 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 ask him because yeah, I'm curious too. You know, and on if they are sulfating, why aren't they advertising it? Or uh, if they're not sulfating, why aren't they sulfating? Um, you know, I I I don't know if I don't know. I don't want to put words in their mouth, but I know other breweries, there's, there's other local breweries that have done, uh, you know, similar beers and I don't believe they're sulfiting at all. I've, I've seen, I've seen some expanded cans out there and in, in social media, uh, from some beer, some, some different breweries that are doing, you know, smoothie style beers. So <clears throat> yeah, no, these are, these are super cool. Super, super simple. Nothing too complex about them. Uh, very welcoming to the non-beer drinking crowd. Um, Just expensive. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I didn't realize. It. Yeah. Yeah, they, they're they're coming in at. Uh, you know, I think the smooches are the price point on those are about five four fifty a can. Um, yeah, for most of the sours, like for like a a sixteen ounce can, I would say. 18 to 20 bucks like a four pack is probably mm -hmm. I, I in my I, you know i like to go out and buy a bunch of different um beer when we do these shows and i'm really really hoping that we don't get through all of them tonight because like i couldn't take it because i think i've got between the the sherbet sours and the smoothie beers i probably got 12. um but even like i i do have one stout it is a it is not a michigan beer um, it's hard to tell because of my lighting, but this yeah, is an untitled, 
Untitled Art, uh, Triple Berry Hazelnut Smoothie Stout. And uh, this one is, is a mixture of blueberry, raspberry, strawberry concentrate um, puree. And, and this one was $7 a can. So, and it's a 12-ounce can. So just, yeah, this stuff can be super expensive just because they're putting so much fruit in there. You know, yeah. on the homebrewer side, I think the most expensive beers I ever made were usually my, my fruit beers. The pina colada has kind of a weird smell to it. I'm just getting ready. It's great. But... Yeah, it's that pineapple. It's definitely heavier in the pineapple, I think, in the nose. Yeah, the uh, the banana in the in the last one like helped out with like kind of this thick like mouthfeel, and this one has like quite a bit more. I I guess you would call it head. Yeah, it's kind of. I mean, it, it's got head. It's probably you know like half puree, but it actually oh. looks like a, a a smoothie. I mean, it looks like a, a milkshake almost. So. I think we've 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 gone pretty far into the, the the smoothie style beers, and I know you we have a lot more knowledge. Brian, in particular, has a presentation uh, that he's kind of put together around sherbet sours. He's done some write ups on sherbet sours, uh, and I think from the homebrewer side, sherbet sours and and even some milkshake IPAs and things like that are are more obtainable for us to brew, and still feels like we're drinking a beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not that this again isn't fucking delicious, but yeah, it's um, on, on a homebrew scale. I think something like this is harder to pull off just because of uh, just because of the, the puree. But but again, I mean, if you had something like a uh, um, a Vitamix, you could probably pull off something like this without too much hassle. Um, a Vitamix would. Probably, I mean, basically, like atomize like the puree into like you know non chunkiness. For, you know, this is my most scientific term, I guess. But um, yeah, I, I don't. I, I think there's some like ninja blenders and stuff that can that can really uh, liquefy uh, stuff as well. So um, yeah, that might have to be something to to play with uh, the puree that you get right from like your local homebrew shop or something. Um, you may not have the same results, but if you were to take that and actually like blend it more and liquefy it more, um, I can see something like this being possible. I, I didn't really actually think about that until right this very second. So it might be something we have to try this coming year. There you go. Yeah. Something to experiment with. So yes, yeah, movie sours. Um, it's basically this, but uh, sour beer instead. So, uh, I know a lot of us have had these styles of beers, but for those who haven't, like um, a basic profile of one of these would be uh, generally like a Berliner Weiss base. So you're going to have some sort of mix of like uh, wheat malt and two row pretty much. And, that, and that's it. Um, you can do like 60, 40 wheat, 60, 40, two row. Um, play around with it but like that's that's sort of like uh the base that i normally roll with usually it's about 50 50 for me um and there's different ways to to go about um you know souring these so um 
that's basically what you want to accomplish first before you add any fruit into these or anything else like at all. Um, you're you're targeting just like almost no IBUs because um, you're probably going to want to um, kettle sour it, and you're probably shooting for like six percent ABV. Um, so those are kind of just like the base specs that you know you're trying to hit. Um, I know Jason has some experience like making sour beer too. Um, have you ever used like a lot of fruit in your sours? So no. Um, in in my sour beer lines, I've used a lot of Fruit Loops. That's um, <laughs> like almost the same. Yeah. Uh, no. So you know, I I, I tend to get in a, in a rut, and it's a thing I've talked to. You know, some of my my brewing friends is is uh, you know I brew a lot of my beers for competition, and then I find that I, I get a beer that does well, and I brew it over and over and over and over and over again. So um, while I've I've got pretty extensive experience brewing sours, I, I haven't brewed very many sours because I got lucky and, and hit one that that did well the first time. So um, and I've never done that with fruit. Uh, we have done no no you're, fine. Uh, you're as a club we've done uh, you know a, one that we. I forget what exactly we put in that. Um, I know was David and I use cranberry juice. No, I don't count the iron brew at all because that was just an abomination that shouldn't be talked about. <laughs> um, no, we did a gang beer uh, two years ago. It was a, it was a gang beer that we came in second. Um, it was a uh, uh, okay, yeah. It was a Goza style. Uh, so it, it started out as just a regular kettle sour. Relinder uh, Vice that we had put um, some various fruits in. Uh, I think we used uh, David's gooseberries. Um, yeah, I'm losing it. No, uh, that's all right. But anyway, we 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 did it. We we had a lot of fruit juice in it, um, a lot of fruit concentrate, but no fruit puree. Okay. Um, turned out really well. I think we wound up adding some salt to it at the end. I might be mixing up some beers, but. Uh, it was pretty decent, but no, um, my, my experience with, with sugar sours is, uh, very, very minimal. I got into more of the milkshake IPAs. Have you done anything like this, Jordan? I can't recall. No, I've only ever okay. done a single sour, but, uh, and that was with Philly yeast. So, but it has me, okay. Philly yeast was so easy to use. It has me wondering like, how viable, you know, doing a, a sherbet or smoothie style sour would be with, with that. And it, you know, off the top of my head, seems like it would work. Um, I guess question for you, Brian, since this is your topic, do you see a difference between the name sherbet sour or smoothie sour? When, when these were first starting to get popular, like a couple of years ago, I think that uh, we saw sherbet probably more often than like smoothie, but like, um, if you Google it, you'll see probably about an equal number of like results. Like it's, uh, it's all kind of the same thing. I, I would say smoothies you'll find maybe more for like the smooch type of stuff that don't have additional like adjuncts and stuff. Um, like, you know, vanilla, uh, or spices or something like that. And like the, the sherbet styles, maybe like do I, I don't know it, it's it's all marketing kind of you know I would say, i've only yeah. ever heard of it called sherbert like sherbert beer yeah. or sherbert sour so i mean you know thing. holmes did a lot of the sherbert beers last year there's a couple other breweries in michigan that have canned specific sherbert beers um i think even locally here we've got 
you know, what Wax Wings have done, some mm-hmm. Sherbert style beers. Uh, presidential uh, Sherbert. Presidential Hoover. Sherbert Hoover. Yep. Um, so I, I, you know, but it is. It's 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 in that same. It, I would say it's in that that 2020 fad. You know, it was these really kind of came about in early 2020. Uh, and kind of grew, I think, into smoothies. I think, um, you know, kind of pulling away from the sours. The same thing as, as milkshake IPAs. I mean, if you go back to 2019. I remember those. Yeah. You know, 20, 2019, we, we were getting into the, what was that? Would you say that was the year of the brute? Um, everything was brute style or no, maybe that was 2018. 2019 is probably year of the bike. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so I think I just feel like this was 2020s, which it's it's sad because 2020 was such a shit year. But I mean, sugar sours are great, uh, or they can be great. Um, smoothies have their place. I mean, these are these are good. Uh, I'm not going to turn my nose up at them like I am going to be, uh, or a lot of these pastry stouts and shit that came out last year too. Uh, in, in fact, I, I want to say that one of your favorite beers this year was a uh, was a Trillium. Uh, Oh, sour. That, uh, the I have one beer. can of that. Um, yeah. I think I've got one can of that left. And then hands down, best beer I had this year. Um, what, was, uh, what was the name of it? Uh, it's called Twice Your Daily Servings. And they do. Uh, so Trillium out of Boston does uh, various uh, versions of it. Um, so they'll have Twice Your Daily Servings of, you know, blueberry or mango or whatever. And the one I had was raspberry. And it's honestly pouring a glass of, of slightly tart raspberry puree. It's just so rich and deep and dark. And it's not uh, like, but, a, but a, it's not like, bright at the same time. no, it's super smooth. Um, it doesn't leave like that residue on the glass, you know, um, like a lot of these do, you know, the, the puree. Yeah. Super yeah. cloudy. Dunk. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. Twice your daily. Uh, so daily. before COVID, before COVID, I don't like, want them to come in and you know, twice the daily. <laughs> Brian, I don't know if you're being being a colada smooge. Um, I could eat the head of this with a spoon. Like it is not going. That's what I'm way. saying. It's more like a meringue on top or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> twice, twice the daily serving. Uh, this one's obviously raspberry. Um. I, I, I took a, a, a socially distanced road trip um, when COVID was supposed to be going away, went out to Boston, sat in uh, downtown Boston drinking this and had a spiritual moment. So, <laughs> Super good. Sorry, you got oh, yeah. me all excited. Now I want to open no. it, but I don't, I don't want to. Save uh, it. We'll, see, we'll see how you get in. You know, two more beers in or something. <laughs> Finish off that seltzer. We'll see how we get. Um, so I guess let's just like go over like ingredients. Like I was, I started to get on that, and then I wanted to make sure that you guys had some input. Um, I don't want to be the one like talking and stuff like that this whole time. I, I've I've made quite a few, but um, I want to make sure you guys have input too. And Jordan, I, I want to get back to the uh, the Philly sour thing uh, in a couple minutes too. Yeah. Um, but we have like a profile for what we want, like a smoothie sour to be in terms of like IBU and ABV. Um, pH is sort of like up in the air. Um, 3.2 ish is like pretty normal. I would say, you know, just kind of like a, 
a bitey sort of tartness. Um, but you sort of have to have to take fruit into account too. Like if you're using black currant uh, puree, which is already like super tart, um, you might want to target a little bit of a higher pH, understanding that the black currant might drop the pH a little bit, or at least have it be like a little bit um, more perceptibly tart. Um, technically speaking, like titratable acidity is more of a measurement of like how tart something is than, than pH. But as homebrewers, we don't have like, we, that we can measure that. It's just not as easy as like taking a pH meter and like sticking it in a beer. Um, so just understand like how tart the fruit is you're using. Take a spoonful of it before you dump it in and eat it. Just like eating, you know, malts before you brew a beer or something like that. Just understanding the ingredients is, um, you know, important. Just kind of imagine what you want the end beer to taste like and try to, you know, sort of build up to it. Um, and then how, how we're going to get it sour. We'll get back to Philly sour in a second. Um, before that came out this year, it was this year, right? Yep. Um, I think so. I think, yeah, it was. It was a long year. It was a long year. <laughs> um, before this year, um, really the majority of the way people were making sours, quick sours, um, was kettle souring. So uh, choosing, you're right, like lactobacillus uh, bacteria. I typically recommend um, good belly shots or like good belly like drinks. Um, it contains lactobacillus plantarum, which you don't necessarily have to temperature control quite as much. Uh, last year now. Oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> We're only four days in. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Like you gotta, you gotta give me like a little break. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, lactobacillus plantarum, you don't have to temperature control as much. It, it works faster at higher temperatures, but it'll still produce lactic acid at room temperature too. Uh, albeit just a little bit slower. Um, so taste. Uh, taste your beer as it ferments or acidifies, you know, with lacto and stop it wherever or take pH readings, uh, you know, occasionally, whatever you want to do. Um, and then uh, sort of deciding what you want to do as far as like adjuncts go. So this goes back to like what I was talking about with maybe the difference between smoothie and sherbet. Again, I think it's mostly just marketing, but the majority of these beers that you find uh, out on the market are going to be sour. They're going to have fruit. They're going to have um, lactose very often um, to add additional sweetness, uh, especially if they're letting the fruit ferment all the way out. Um, and then occasionally, uh, probably more often than not, you'll find vanilla um, and sometimes like spices and stuff like that too. Um, some breweries are starting to get a little bit um, out there with, uh, you know, trying things like, uh, you know, ginger and cinnamon and stuff and uh, even like cacao nibs or, um, you know, things like pumpkin. It's just whatever, whatever might be, you know, good. I, I think that like we're getting to a place with uh, beer right now where, um, we've sort of defined a lot of base styles, if not like most of the things that we're going to come up with, like, it's very, very hard to come up with a new style. And so we're taking existing styles and we're really trying to like push limits, um, by throwing other things into them. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Um, but I mean, that's cool. Um, 
that's part of homebrewing. That's part of probably trying to, you know, make a business out of selling beer too. I mean, if every place in the world is selling, you know, IPAs, how do you make sure people buy your IPA? Yeah, put a bunch of fruit in it or something, you know, as long as it's good. But um, you know, you know, you mentioned pumpkin, and I'm really glad, at least in my little piece of the world, that I missed out on any or didn't run across any PSL smoothie beers. So I think I'm thankful for that. <laughs> PSL pumpkin spice latte. Oh. <laughs> How did I go so long without knowing an acronym like that? And also, yes, if you see it, kill it. <laughs> uh, Jordan absolutely loves pumpkin. So uh, yeah, for Christmas next year, for his birthday or something, make sure to uh, have plenty of pumpkin pies, pumpkin beer. Pumpkin spice lattes. Inundating with house. pumpkin spice everything. Yeah. Make the most basic. <laughs> um, it is like a meringue. Sorry to interrupt, but like. I know, right? No, no, no it, interrupting. Like, like it's I had like, a feeling I might like. like seriously, it's, like, it's just like, too. it sticks to you. <laughs> Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> That's weird. How's it taste, though? It's pretty. It's not bad. I mean, it tastes just like the. Uh, uh, it's like it tastes just like the smoothie. It's just fluffy, cloud-like. <laughs> try not to suck on my finger on stream again. That was oh, God, that's, that's how we get more views, man. Keep, keep that going. All right. Sorry to um, derail it. I, I, you know, I'm looking at no. the thing here, and uh, I see Brian's got this nice, like, laid-out thing for us to, or, or yeah, to, to work through and. I like a, like a bad partner didn't look at it until like just as we were streaming. I see you had a thing on here for Philly Sour, so I brought that up just off the old brain box. Well, no, nope. Brian did this because he said he would put together a presentation for the next keepers meeting. So, oh, okay. I mean, I, I we I know we have some people that watch that aren't part of you know keepers, but uh, um, a, a lot of our show is sort of yeah, yeah. A lot of our show is sort of an extension of our homebrew club uh, in a way. It's why we're doing it. So it, it is. Um, so uh, yeah, I'm in a way I'm using the show to sort of springboard uh, ideas for a presentation I'm going to be doing uh, on Sunday for the club. Um, but I mean, I, I like talking about this stuff and I think that these styles of beers are very, very delicious. Um, it's uh I don't want to say they're like overhyped right now or anything like that. I think that anything that gets people into drinking uh, beer is great. Um, you know, be it fruit or sugar, seltzer. I don't know. I think there's 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 a lot of uh, it's just a new gateway. You know, I think when when we were starting to drink beer, you know, Jason, like I, I first started drinking alcohol by. Uh, you know, drinking smeared off ice and stuff like that. And, um, you know, slow, slowly, yeah, you know, you would go out to the bar and, and your friend would be drinking something and you'd say, Oh, you know, what's that? And you actually like it. And, you know, it's things kind of, kind of go on. It's the same thing. Um, I think we talked about, uh, we talked about it with, with Ed back on the Arclight show. And I think even the Losies on the presidential show, you know, both of those breweries offer um, shandy beers. You know, uh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you're not gonna you're not gonna 
start your 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 beer drinking life or experience um you know grabbing uh some super dank uh bitter ipa going holy shit this is for me i mean there there may be a few of those people out there um but you know that's 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 like an extreme end of the spectrum right so so to have like a, a shandy beer that you can start blending you know some some soda with with some pale ales or or having these uh seltzers you know it gets it gets you out to a brewery it gets you trying these things it gets you looking at at craft beer shelves um you know maybe you move from this into a soft parade or uh i was drinking so many of those when i was like 21 yeah right you know (laughs) you know and and then and then you know from there you're you're easing your way into like some all days and next thing you know you're a craft beer drinker and and i've I've talked to people that have done that so it is uh and yeah april uh, milwaukee's best is my choice but uh, high life was my choice too uh, <laughs> actually i tossed it up i think in my memories i i think my brain scrambled i i'll either at one point i may tell you high life was my gateway or uh mgd uh both of them are miller products but i can't remember if which one was which i prefer uh if i can't get hams um these days i <clears throat> who has a case of ham sitting next to your desk if i can't get hams i'm gonna go for a high life for sure Uh, back when the the union was around in town here uh they used to have college nights and uh they would have one dollar mgd 64 bottles and uh that was those were those were good nights yeah i mean you know i remember growing up thinking budweiser was this big super crazy uh you know heavy beer and now it's like it's just it's it's the palest of pale ales. <laughs> that's how i used to think of guinness right like it's dark and you're drinking it and you're like man this thing's chewy and then no. like yeah you go and you go and have one now and it's like you know this is a delicious beer but i never realized how like thin this was um and it makes it like really drinkable um it's just yeah it's it's like just the way that you think about things as you, I don't know, not grow up, but just kind of, yeah, gain more experience with like different styles and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to rinse out this glass from this pineapple uh, smoothie. Yeah, store. that's when I was off. I'm not even going to bother. I do. Like, well, I, I didn't, I, you know, I didn't bring much glassware up with me. Uh, which small segue there since she's watching April who answered April's question. So April was one of the first messages on Michigan Mm -hmm. homebrews. Thank you for that. She talked, uh, uh, asked us if we were going to do a a glassware episode and it's funny because what was it, Jordan, like back in October, November, you were like, let's do a glassware episode. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Yeah. You don't remember? No. No. I, I think we talked about it and it's like I, I had just thrown away all my glass oh okay this um, was yeah this was not on text this wasn't on stream I'm thinking like yeah I know on text. Yeah, yeah. and uh and then then April came up and said why don't we do a glassware episode and and uh, I, I I think I was gonna answer I saw Brian answered her um so thanks for that April uh we appreciate it uh we are going to we're gonna work it into I think kind of like a a hybrid episode to talk about um a few different things, uh, glassware, uh, some of the other things you mentioned, actually, you know, uh, what temperatures do you drink beer at? What mm-hmm. beer should we drink, drink at what temperatures? Um, 
and and maybe even some beer pairing things and uh, some some things about different beer styles in general. So um, that episode will be coming up soon. So appreciate it. But back to this. I don't have much glassware up here, so I need to rinse some of it out. <laughs> no, it's fine. I'm. Uh, is there a particular beer we're gonna open up next? Um, and, I'll, and I'll continue going because I think we're just getting into like fruit and stuff like that. And I, again, I know I'm kind of bouncing all over the place. I just kind of want to lay out the basics of like what we're going to use like in this beer. And then I'll kind of walk through like putting it all together and like what a yeah. like roof or, you know, smooth stuff it looks like. You guys are going to have to describe beer you drink because all I have is these filters. I will say though, this uh, untitled art one that you dropped off to me, Jason, on the uh, off screen. Uh, pretty good. Do you drink that already? Do I have one of those? I have one of those. Oh, it is a seltzer. I guess I'll open that too. So I'm actually I'm going into this stout because I'm really I was just really curious about it. Okay. So I know you guys don't have it. Um, yeah, we don't have to drink the same thing all the time. Yeah, yeah. So first impressions um, on this stout is there is no smoothie to it. It's just poured like a stout. It looks really brown. Like yeah. stouts. I'm, I'm really judgmental bad. about stouts when they're like brown instead of black. I know I shouldn't be, and it's it's still considered appropriate, but it makes it look turbid and gross to me. It looks like yeah, very dirty nice. brown water. It's not black. It's not, you know, like good stouts are almost ruby. They're black and yeah. Uh, I've done this with David Jones. We put a flashlight through it, and you get this like nice ruby glow i do and this that was all my stouts it's one of the first things when it comes out of the um fermenters so, look at it oh yeah that's that's opaque look at that it's very opaque you know the light's not coming through at all but it is very chocolate milk chocolate the thing is like overflowing it looks like a brett fermentation it's like i didn't get any of that like, i might have poured a little hard Oh wow! Bring any paper towel? It's okay. Um, Jordan, is it the uh, the tropical smoothie seltzer yes. that you have? Yep. yep. Uh, that thing's delicious too. It's a little like darker in color than what we were just drinking, but um, it's a little lighter too. I don't think it's leaving quite the like residue no, inside of the glasses. It's definitely not like. Not as much stuff. I got a paper towel here dropped. <laughs> so <laughs> where 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 were we in the uh, in the sugar sours? We're we're at fruit. Um, so we talked about adjuncts like lactose, vanilla, spices, and stuff like that. And then um, you know, fruit for five gallon uh, five gallons of of you know smoothie, uh, one to two cans of that puree. Is probably enough. Uh, so, would we say those are what forty ounce cans, forty eight ounce cans, something like that? I think the, I think the, the, I think those specific ones were. I th I said sixty four, but now I'm I'm looking them up, and I think they're forty two. So, um, I would recommend probably uh, puree over whole fruit for these, um, simply because you're pretty much going to want to, um mix it in and then essentially on a homebrew scale um 
I would recommend adding uh, sorbates and sulfites to like halt fermentation. Um, that's just my personal preference, mostly because I like to let the fruit sit for a couple days and then put it into my keg. Again, I have added it right to the keg before, um, not stabilized it at all. Um, that's a huge pain, huge pain in the ass and like it clogged all of my stuff up. So, um, the goal really is to get all the flavor um, from the fruit, get all the sugar, um, probably not let any of it ferment out. For this particular style, um, there are beers with fruit added that I, I would say let it ferment you know, all the way up because you don't want that additional sugar and stuff like that. But um, for these, you want you want to taste like the punch you in the face like fruit that you put in there. So yeah. Um, stabilize and then understand too that when you add all this puree that you're going to get losses probably um i would say for like every can of you know puree that you put in expect to lose you know half a can's worth of beer or something like that just to like the the, the puree that's eventually going to like settle out to the bottom and stuff um my experience has been like I usually get like maybe four gallons of beer off of like a five and a half gallon batch or something, adding like about two cans worth of puree in. Um, so I try to build bigger um, batches, you know. Yeah, I do. So I do a lot of fruit beers. I don't do. I haven't done any soured fruit beers. But when I'm adding the the fruit puree or or fresh fruit, I always try to target a six gallon batch, knowing that I'm going to get a four and a half gallon keg. Perfect. Um, yeah, yeah. You, you're, you you just lose so much of fruit, you know, and um, you know whether you're using seeded or seedless or uh, you know the puree or, or whole fruit, it's it just takes up so much of that pectin absorbs and holds on to a lot of liquid and swells. So uh, if you can, and if you have the fermentation vessels to do it on the homebrew scale, yeah, I would scale it up to a six or even a six and a half gallon batch. Cool. Um, so yeah, that's, that's fruit. Um, so those are all the ingredients basically that go into making a, a you know, a smoothie style sour. So the, the goal then is to just basically like put it all together. And if anybody's brewed a kettle sour before, um, it's not so much different, um, than brewing just like, a you know, some people call them like quick sour Berliner vices or anything like, something like that. But, um, what I like to do is I like to uh, do like a 50-50 blend then of uh, wheat, uh, malted wheat, and uh, uh, two row, and do a um, uh, like an hour-long mash or something like that. Um, get it into my kettle, add probably like a half container of... Um, uh, I'm sorry, get it in my kettle, bring it up to a quick boil. Uh, I usually bring it just like right up to uh, 12 and then cool it down. Some people bring it up to like 180 and then cool it down. The, the goal is basically just to pasteurize uh, the wort, just to make sure you get all like the, you know, the things that could be nasty in there, all nice and dead. Um, bring it back down to like 100 degrees and then add your lacto. Uh, some people use lactobacillus pills or tablets. Um, you can use good belly, like I said. Uh, some people tend to keep the beer at 100 degrees Fahrenheit. 
Um, since lactobacillus, you know, pretty much all the strains like that temperature and they will work fast at that temperature. Um, if you're, again, if you're using plantarum, it doesn't matter a whole lot. Um, you can be a little bit more lazy with it, but it might take a little bit longer. Um, sometimes 36 to 48 hours down to get, to get down to like a, uh, a reasonable pH, which I would consider like 3.2 ish to 3.4. Um, once you have it down to that pH, you know, a couple days later, again, and, and this is kind of the annoying part of making these beers is that it's, it's a multi-part brew day. Um, in, unless you're using Philly sour and we'll get to that in a sec, but, um, you are going to bring it back up to a boil. Um, and then depending on, on what you want to do, um, you can add in a little bit of hops. You probably want to stick with under 10 IBUs. Um, you don't have to use hops at all. In, in the case of these beers, hops are probably more of just like a stabilizing um, agent than anything else. They're, they're antimicrobial, so um, they might help stave off, you know, other weird infections or something like that. But um, a, a lot of people just don't use hops in these beers at all. Um, so basically you bring it back up to a, a boil and that kills off the lactobacillus um, and then boil it for however long you feel comfortable and then chill it back down again. And at that point, you have a stable, tart base to ferment your beer. Um, so if you're doing a traditional kettle sour, um, then at this point, um, you're going to want to use some sort of like clean yeast, probably. Um, here's where it branches off a little bit, too. Um, also, I guess after it's done uh, fermenting and you're, I'm sorry, if it's after it's done souring and you bring it back up to the boil, you can add lactose at that point too, um, just to add that extra sweetness, knowing that you're going to want that later on for the fruit. Um, lactose in a lot of these styles is, um, I see a lot of people only use one pound and I would say for a five gallon batch, maybe even like two pounds is more appropriate. Like you're going to get that, that extra, I don't know. For me, lactose has a very particular taste to it um, that I think blends well with tartness. Um, some people say it lends body. Some people say it, they don't get a lot of sweetness from it. Um, and even if that's not true, either of those, um, I still think that there's a particular flavor, excuse me, that is a, uh, it's lended to the beer from lactose. Do you guys get like a lactose flavor? Like when it, it, you have a it, lot of it in your beer, like it's creamy, you know, it's, it's creamy. It's almost like a, a you know, and I used to do a lot more recipe design. Um, I would almost treat it as like a vanilla. Um, you, you know, you do enough lactose, you're going to get, you're going to get this like vanilla creaminess out of it. It does add mouthfeel. Mm -hmm. Anybody that says they're not getting sweetness off of it, I would say either the beer didn't have any in it or you're crazy. Because I mean, it's <laughs> it's it, it, it in and of itself is a non-fermentable sugar, and it's sweet. So, um, I mean, you do have to note that, um, you know, it, it is lactose. So if you're lactose intolerant, it, it is considered a um, an allergen, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so you, so if you do make a lactose beer, you do make a lactose sugar sour. Please tell everybody that <laughs> um, that there's lactose in it. Uh, but yeah, no, there's a flavor for sure. It's 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 and there's sweetness. And I agree on a sugar sour to get that balance to get that. You know, if you're going with a, a really good tart, 
you know, uh, low pH um, kettle sour, uh, you're gonna want to you're gonna want that sweetness to balance out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that that sour punch. Uh, it's the same philosophy as sour candy, like sour patch kid okay. or whatever. Sour candy, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. So, so at this point, you have a a base wort that has a bunch of lactose in it, and is cool and is ready to do something with. Um, and so you can really branch out three ways here. Um, the most common way is to use a clean fermenting yeast like USO five or O one, something just like you know a clean American like Chico strain, um, and just ferment it out. Um, let it fully ferment out. Give it like a week, 10 days, probably it'll be ready to, you know, go on to the next step. Um, the second way that is more new is to use Philly sour yeast, like Jordan mentioned earlier, uh, which is a, uh, Lachancia species, uh, yeast, um, which is relatively new in terms of like brewing. Um, there have been some strains that have been around for a few years, but Philly sour, I think is the first like homebrew pitchable, that's been made by at least the big yeast manufacturers. Um, so, so Philly Sour is a brand, specific brand name by um, Lavaland mm-hmm. uh, Brewing. Just to throw that out there. So if people are looking for it, Lamaland, 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 Lamaland yeah. Brewing makes Philly Sour, Lasancia yeast blend, or sorry, not blend. It's just it is what it is. Um. So it's a yeast that uh, can consume uh, the, the sugars that we have in our wort, primarily like maltose and stuff like that, glucose, um, and uh, can make ethanol, but also produces lactic acid, which normal brewers use like Saccharomyces, Britannomyces uh, don't do. Um, so uh, people have been experimenting with using Lachancia to do uh, these sours. Um, and in the case of um, Lachancia, I should probably backtrack a, a, a second because if you're, if you're using uh, Philly sour, uh, you're not going to want to pre-sour the wort. Uh, you, you pitch that right after you're done uh, chilling it. Um, yeah. There is no kettle souring phase. So you, you basically brew it like you're brewing a normal beer and pitch that stuff. Um, and it's going to produce lactic acid all on its own, like the uh, lactobacillus would in the kettle souring phase. Um, the thing here with using Philly sour is that um, unlike using uh, lactobacillus, the pH is a little bit harder to predict and control with Lachancia. Um, when you pitch it, you take what you get, basically. Um, you can add lactic acid in the back, and there's ways to control it and force it to produce more lactic acid. Um, but you're not. What's that? What's up, Jason? No, I was just going to say, you know, with 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 uh, with doing a yogurt culture or a pure lactoculture into a kettle sour, you can take daily tests and you can see when mm-hmm. it hits X temperature or I'm sorry, X pH. And then you can boil the shit out of that and kill it. Uh, and, and so you control that that target that sourness that you want. But with Lasancia, like, like Brian said, it just kind of goes. And, and I, and I, Brian and I did some completely uh, unofficial tests with um, cider this year, uh, which turned out horrible for both of us. I mean, 
the 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 pectin i'm not sorry not the pectin um the fructose sugar and uh, apple cider uh is obviously very agreeable to lasantia and uh and 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 very agreeable to the lactic acid producing side of it because both of our our ciders came out um like tooth meltingly uh battery acid sour um and there's nothing we can do you know i'm like I, I haven't dumped mine i think brian you dumped yours right i, I bottled off like a, a six pack and then yeah dumped the rest yeah, yeah because I'm, I'm trying to think of what i can do to 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 combat it but no i mean this 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 yeast is going to do because it's an all-in-one yeast it's going to do what it's going to do so depending on the sugars that you have um like at this point i would say i would highly recommend probably not doing it for a seltzer um not knowing what it's going to do with just pure dextrose, I would do it maybe a test or wait a few months and let people, somebody else try it. <laughs> I mean, um, I mean, yeah, it, it'd, it'd be a fun test for sure. Um, the one, I mean, speaking of dextrose, one, one of the things that you're supposedly able to do with Lachance is like substitute. I don't know if Brandon's in, yeah, Brandon's in chat. Yeah. He'll have to correct me here. It's either 2% or 5% of your malt bill for, glucose which is you know dextrose corn sugar mm -hmm. and uh and it supposedly helps lower the ph by as much as like a couple points um but i haven't seen a single data point saying what it does just with you know i mean that that, that right there though scares me if, if adding two percent of your grain bill is as right. glucose is going to drop your ph by two points having a pure glucose or basically dextrose grain bill uh uh, I would almost be worried that it would melt through the damn fermenter. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, I've, I've got some Philly sour and stuff to make a seltzer. So, uh, there you go. Jordan's Jordan, take one for the team. I just, <laughs> I, 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 I just, I, I'm, it's never, you know, it's not going to, there's a, a definite low point, but I just worry that it's going to be just right. sour. Yeah, you guys saved just. me the work on the cider. So, yeah, <laughs> I haven't seen a sour cider yet, though, or a sour uh, seltzer yet, though. I don't think that not a couple of the the couple the ones that I made, I I dosed with a little bit of uh, uh, is it lactic acid? I want to say just to lower the pH. A yeah, a yeah. Scrooge. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, no brewing with it. Yeah, that might be. Um, I have to back sweeten it with something. I don't know. We'll find out. Maybe I'll do it. Oh, there you go. I, I, I mean, I, that could drop down. It could be. It could just be. I don't know, Jason. You got you got like fifteen pounds of uh, uh, sugar. I can borrow off of you. <laughs> I can't find it anywhere. Amazon, <laughs> man. That's where I bought the stuff that I had. <laughs> you know, you buy you, you buy uh, uh, like a few pounds of extra supply last week. Whatever in Vicksburg. <laughs> um, yeah, but those seltzers are doing good. Call back to uh, an episode we had in December with or November with Lance uh, Shaner from Omega. I've been making a couple of uh, uh, seltzers using Omega. Um, Lutri yeast in their proper seltzer misc, and I've been loving it, having a great time with it. And so, uh, these guys are all whining that I'm buying all the damn sugar. So, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Um, 
the third method, going back to yeast, um, which I haven't seen anybody, anybody around here do, but I, I've read uh, a few instances of people doing this, um, using a traditional um, uh, Berliner blend and, and not quick souring, but actually doing like a six week, you know, ferment with like a Berliner blend. Um, and then taking, you know, that base beer made with that and turning it into a, a smoothie sour. Um, and I guess the results are, are quite good. Um, I've never had one, so I can't speak to it. My initial thoughts would be that like the fruit is going to cover up so much of that characteristic that you might otherwise get that it might not be worth it, but I've never had it. So I can't speak to it. Um, yeah. So, so some of those... Oh, go ahead. No, I, I would, I would just say, you know, some of those, some of those longer traditional Berliner yeasts, um, or even if you get into some of the other sour, uh, sour blend yeasts that take time, they have such complexity. Uh, you know, um, I, I did, uh, I did a brew with a, a Lambic base. It's 18 months old and it's just so unique, uh, in its flavor characteristics. I would hate to throw it, um, a ton of lactose and fruit on top of it. <laughs> Some vanilla. Was, yeah. So I, I, I would, I would, I, I think that's where you're going with, you've got so much fruit spicing, uh, back sweetening going on here. Uh, that I, I think that the best route to go is, is a traditional, or I mean, as a, as a quick sour kettle sour, because again, you're just getting the, the tartness, but you do you, if you want to, you know, spend, 16 weeks uh, dialing in a, a beautiful traditional Berliner Weiss and then throw two pounds of lactose, five pounds of fruit puree and whatever in there. Knock yourself it'd be, out. It'd be worth trying one of these days. And then give us some. Yeah, yeah there you go. It's the, in, you know, month try half, so we'll try one of these days. Um, yeah. the, the end goal, though, is just to have a sour base beer. Um, so each of those three, like, eats. <clears throat> excuse me, and methods, it's going to get you to the same spot. It's kind of like uh, you make the wart and you branch out and you come back to this place and you continue on. So once you have your sour beer, you know, there's alcohol, there's, you know, a lower pH, you know, there's acidity. Um, it's pretty much time to add fruit. Um, again, this is where it branches off a little bit too. And I, I've already talked about this. Um, my preferred method is to then just take puree add it to the beer right in primary, uh, stir it around a little bit, um, add potassium sorbite, sorbate and potassium metabisulfite uh, to try to stabilize it. Um, basically just, you know, knock the yeast out, put it to sleep, not let it um, bud anymore, uh, ferment anymore, just kind of keep it, you know, still on where it is. Um, let the sugar kind of mix in a little bit let it sit for maybe another like week um, is, is probably more than enough time. And then uh, cold crash it to try to get all the puree to drop out and then rack off the top. Um, if you have um, a system where you normally um, rack from um, something like, like a spout lower in the fermenter, um, on a homebrew scale, typically by the time you get puree in there, and by the time, like, you know, the fermentation is done, all the yeast drop out, drops out the proteins and other 
you know, muck drops out. It's so far beyond like the the spigot that like it just for me at least on my brew bucket it clogs and clogs and clogs and clogs and it's just not worth doing. Um, these beers I don't feel are particularly susceptible to oxidation either. Um, I've never really had an issue using um, a uh, like an auto siphon or something and and racking into a keg that way. Um, if anybody else has like you know tips or tricks, I'm I'm more than willing to hear it. Um, <clears throat> I would say that the, the important thing here is the crash. If, if you have the ability to crash, crash and crash along. Like really let the um, the beer drop. Yeah, I mean I've honestly I've left some of my fruit beers in there for a week just to let it get good and compacted down and and settled. Um, and that way I can I can get my cane in there and and rack off pretty close to the cake. Um, but you'll even see, even after that much time, you'll have a cake and then you'll have like this three to four inch band of thicker. (laughs) (laughs) And so, you know, maybe come in above that and work your way down to it. Um, if you have the tools and you can do one of those, uh, what is it? The top draft, the float, um, Mm -hmm. siphon, you know, that's, Mm -hmm. that would be a good use for this, but I only think. Yeah, probably you and Brandon are the only ones I know that have them. Maybe Jake. Yeah, that'd, that'd be a great point. I did not have one of those when I did my. Uh, excuse me, when I did my um, first kettle sour, where I uh, dumped fruit puree right into the keg. So, um, yeah, that'd be worth doing, probably, or at least checking out again. Yeah. Um, potentially, though, I don't necessarily see a whole bunch of difference with doing that. Um, and just adding fruit right into the fermenter again and, and stabilizing and then racking out into a keg separately. That, that's just me though. Um, and this is probably the same time that you're going to want to add like vanilla um, to the fermenter as well and whatever spices uh, otherwise that you're thinking. Um, I've seen like a blueberry ginger, you know, before, and which sounds good like i think that ginger goes with quite a few different like fruits um there's been quite a few people using like graham cracker like in their sours lately too <laughs> it's like i know i know do you have one is that what you're drinking as at the blueberry so, limo? yeah and it's hard I, i've got my lighting is bad here so so this is blueberry alamode by ferndale projects so this is a sherbet sour this is what brian had in mind when when we started talking mm-hmm. um this is, and they, they specifically say on the can that it is rested on uh, blueberries, graham crackers, vanilla, milk, sugar, and lemon zest. And so, yeah, the, the graham cracker, honestly, when I read it on the can, that one kind of bummed me out a little bit. But um, I went to like look on their website and just see if it was like graham cracker flavoring or something. <clears throat> and uh, I think that they specify, if I remember right, that they do use actual graham cracker. Um, or at least I think you can buy like powdered, like pre-crushed like graham cracker. So it might be something like that too. I've, I've, I've just, I've never really found a graham cracker beer or a beer with graham cracker in it that I actually enjoyed, even though I love graham crackers, but for some reason in beer, it's just not my thing, but we'll see. I haven't tried it yet. Hey, uh, I'll, I'll wait to the same, I'll wait, I'll wait for your opinion before. Dude, this is super good, actually. it's Yeah, I feel like it tastes like pie crust in that beer. The graham cracker is not as noticeable. Um, 
there's another brewery that I told Brian about. It. I, I'm not going to throw names out, but we had a beer that <clears throat> had a bunch of stuff in it. One of them was like graham cracker, and it was like a super disappointing. I had to dump it because like that's all I got out of it was this really fake graham cracker flavor. Um, oh, interesting. And I've had some, the same thing, you know, like if we get in other breweries in Michigan that have done, um, you know, s'more stouts or, uh, yeah, basically s'more stouts. Um, I feel like they're, the, the graham cracker comes off fakey and kind of overwhelms, but this is, um, big blueberry, big, big blueberry. Um, the vanilla is there. And the graham crackers are kind of uh, under underlying or afterthought on this. It's good. Yeah, yeah, I've been a big fan of those. Um, can't, again, have, can't tell the color. Super pretty color. They they um, there's some that are hit and miss for me. Um, I, I think that one of the big issues with these types of beers is that it's possible to get too acidic. Um, to the point where it almost tastes a little butyric and by butyric, I sort of mean that, uh, bile sort of flavor that you can get sometimes when you have like heartburn, you burp wrong, you know, it just kind of comes up a little bit. Um, sometimes, sometimes they're just too tart and they, they have that sort of flavor for me. And, and that might be a, you know, a fermentation issue. It might be just like an acidity thing. Um, along with like the ingredients that you use passion fruit, gives me that taste almost always i have almost yet i'm pretty sure i've yet to find like a, a sour beer with passion fruit that really agrees with me um so fruit choice you know can be really important there um don't use passion fruit i i won't drink your beer <laughs> <laughs> it's funny i I'm, i feel the same way like i just don't like passion fruit beers i think passion fruit on its own has that butyric sour to it i think um or that bile sour flavor and and uh you know i know there's people in the club that love passion fruit and uh dig it it's just it's that's the flavor that puts me off i think it's like hey i'm this cool sweet fruit with this really shitty sour mm -hmm. so totally agree let the hate come in david when he <laughs> watches this will bitch about it i'm sure <clears throat> so uh, yeah, get your fruit in there, let it sit, stabilize it is my uh, recommendation. Um, understand that you're going to get losses, put it into a keg and uh, and, and keg it. Uh, serve it really carbonated. Um, let it go. I don't know if I necessarily have any recommendations for bottling these. Uh, if you're going to stabilize, you're going to have an awful lot of issues bottling. Um, and if you don't stabilize... You're gonna have bottle bombs. So, um, well, okay. let's say that again. If you if you stabilize, you should not have any issues bottling it. You right. won't get any right. carbonation. Any carbonation if you stabilize. So, okay. It, it's it's like out. it's like back sweetening a cider. So so if you stabilize the yeast, it's not going to carbonate the fruit or the additional sugar. You're gonna oh no, yeah. Uh, if if you do this, if you're doing this on a um, bottle conditioning, yeah, absolutely. I'm sorry, yeah, 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 absolutely. If if you're going to stabilize, it blows out bottle conditioning. Um, 
so if if you if you if if that's how you carbonate all of your beer, then you should probably not stabilize. <laughs> you, um, you can. I, I don't want to make this recommendation because right. I've done it, but it's dangerous. Um, you you do you you take your same steps for bottle conditioning, um, and you just basically time it to the best of your ability um you can pour some in like a, a mountain dew bottle and like squeeze the bottle and, and test like you know how tight it's getting to gauge how much carbonation and pressure is inside the bottle and then you can uh essentially cook the bottles in you know 140 150 degree water for like 10 15 minutes to kill off the yeast uh but it's dangerous right like you're, you're taking already pressurized beer yeah and, and you're adding more pressure because of CO2 is coming out of the solution. Yeah. So um, I have, I've done this with a cider before, back when I didn't have a kegging set up. And, uh, and it was the most like stressful experience I've like ever had. Like I was wearing like safety goggles and like a scarf over my neck. And look, look guys, if you're this far along where you're doing these crazy fruited <laughs> sours, uh, God damn it. I hope you own a keg and a can of CO2. So just force carb and, uh, and move on and if you don't if you're going to drop a hundred literally these beers are going to cost you a hundred plus probably to make um or at least yeah, I would yeah. Say bucks. Uh, so if you're going to do that then go drop a hundred bucks on it on a keg and a, a co2 tank um and force carp this shit and be safe there you go <laughs> yeah there you go yeah if you're, if you're buying a couple of cans of puree uh or like a ton of fruit uh absolutely yeah um, I've, I've been my non kettle sour, like sours. Um, I think about 10 pounds of fruit has been a really good sweet spot for me lately. Um, for like six weeks. I've been doing 10 pounds of fruit on my five gallon batches for a long time. Cool. Uh, and you've won a lot of awards on those. So I guess I'm doing something. Yeah, right. 10 pounds is, is good. I'm, I haven't done much, like I said, much of the puree stuff, uh, so I'm, I I don't know the conversion there, but if I I believe in fresh fruit, fresh raspberries or or frozen, sorry, um, frozen fruit. So ten pounds for sure. I think that's about it as far as like the uh, brewing it goes. We've covered like ingredients and how to make it and stuff like that. Um, I don't I don't really have anything else to say on the on the particular style that I, mean, I don't think we've covered yet no i think it's it's a great style uh if, if you haven't checked them out check them out um i don't know if it's necessarily um something that you can enter into a competition in, in april we see your comment if we get to that in a sec um you know i don't know where it fits i mean there's 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 specialty beers uh it, it's definitely going to be in that specialty category um, you know, fruited people have been doing fruited sours for hundreds of mm -hmm, years. Mm -hmm. you know? I mean, there's fruited lambics and, and things like that. They get out there. The the difference is is you know the 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 what we've done in 2020 at least is started adding all the spices, flavorings, and, and lactose in it, right? Um, yeah. And 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 the changes there. So, I mean, I I don't think it'll do. Um, I I don't think it would do well in a best of show. I mean, you're, you're going to, you know, if you're going to a BJCP competition and, uh, and you entered this in the specialty category, it might do well there. 
Um, but when it gets lined up with, you know, the best IPA and the best stout and the best uh, lager, you know, I think, yeah, I think that's style. right. I think that's where, you know, the, the, the beer judges are going to lie. Um, that said, you know, I mean, I do, I've done really well with a, 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 a base hour of Berliner Weiss and I've had my ass fucking handed to me by fruited sours. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. You know, out of a, a 50 point uh, beer judging is done on a 50 point scale and, and I've scored, you know, 44 points at national final table and I didn't even place. Um, I didn't even get honorable mention. And then when you look at the winners, they were all fruited sours. So um, I think you can do well with them, but I, I don't think you're going to win a, a best of show, but I haven't won a best of show yet either. So yeah. Okay. <laughs> Um, but to get to April's question about the difference between a fruit beer and a sour besides the pH. Uh, so fruit, fruit beer, um, it depends on what you mean. Like if you're going by like BJCP standards, it's very broad range because a fruit beer can be any beer style with fruit, fruit um, yeah. fruited stout, fruited, we heavy, um, you know, fruited Berliner Weiss. Um, so when, when we say like, a like a, a, so I guess let's split it off. There's fruit beer, there's sour or like mixed fermentation sour. And then there's like sour fruited beer. Um, well, and, and even then it, it can break off more. Go ahead, Jason. Well, I was going to say the, the difference here where I, where I said like, these are more specialty than, than fruit and fruited sour beers. Um, a fruited beer is a fruit beer. So it's a beer base, usually like a wheat base um, or a stout base with fruit. Uh, a fruited sour is going to be that, like Brian just said, a fruited sour. Uh, it's going to be that sour base, that Berliner Weiss base, that Lambic base with fruit. Um, what gets weird here with these sherbets, anyway, is the spices, the flavorings, the vanilla, the lactose. You know, you start throwing other ingredients in there that shift these out of the fruity category and into that specialty category. Because they're more heavily adjuncted, basically. Right. Once you start adding vanilla, now you're adding a spice. You know, so now you're a fruited spice beer. Once you've added, uh, fuck, I don't even know what you call it. Once you add graham crackers and whatever else is in it, <laughs> but that's what I mean. Like you've got all this other shit in there. And the the rule, I just had this conversation with a keeper last weekend who texted me uh, for some advice on where to put a beer in a in a competition. And it's like, is the is the ingredient that you listed perceptible? Is it is it up there or is it just like a, huh, that's got a coffee characteristic or is, is this a coffee beer? And that helps you determine, you know, I enter a, a beer that's got a ton of coffee into an Irish category because it's okay to have coffee characteristics in that category. And, and it does, I don't say it has coffee in it, but um, I guarantee you if you throw this in a fruit category and they're like, what the fuck is graham crackers doing in here? Um, they're going to, you're going to, you're going to get knocked out of style. That's in the BJCP world. I don't think Amber or April, I'm sorry. I don't think April really cares about BJCP judging. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so really to answer your question, the difference between a fruit beer and a sour, one of these sours is really just the pH. Um, uh, but to get technical is when they start adding all the other stuff, um, you know, for a home brewer and a competition. Uh, I think it, it separates it into a, a specialty category. Is that, that's my bit. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> but yeah, either a fruited, fruited sour. So some good fruit beers. Let's see, what are some good fruit beers out there? 
um, Rubeus, great Rubeus. raspberry wheat. Yeah. Uh, you know, super strong raspberry flavor. Um, uh, shorts. Uh, soft braid. Uh, soft braid. Uh, Malte berry, mixed berry, pale ale. Uh, yeah. So I mean, those are those are some good fruit beers. Um, Dark Horse has some. Uh, what's that? What's the raspberry one? Um, the raspberry ale. That wasn't the one I was going to list because I actually oh. think the raspberry is really light in that. Um, <laughs> their blood orange one was the one that was coming to mind. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, that um, that IPA that came out the grapefruit one that everybody was kind of. Oh, is it parents? Maybe. Parents grapefruit has a no, I think it was, was it Ballast Point? If it was in Michigan, then was oh, it uh, the no, Ballast Point has a, yep. Oh, Sculpin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, those are good. So it's yeah, good. I mean so, so those are those are just good fruit beers. Uh, you know, a, a traditional beer style, either IPA or pale ale or wheat ale. Um, you know, loaded with fruit. Great fruit beers. Uh your fruited sours are gonna be uh, you know, local here in Kalamazoo would be like some of Bell's um, wild raspberry wild ale. Um, uh, honestly, I don't know why these can pop in my head. Arclight. Oh, uh, yeah. All of Arclight Soursmiths. So raspberry, mango, pear, you know, in a super, you know, interesting lambic base. That's one of those. So the, what I said earlier, you know, why would you put a ton of fruit on something that you age for a year. Uh, Cause you know, Arclight makes a million bucks with it. Uh, so they do it. <laughs> um, speciation. Absolutely. Speciation does a lot of fruited sours, uh, really cool fruited sours. Um, what's, but so what the difference between those fruited sours and these sherbet sours are going to be all like, like what Brian said, the lactose, the vanilla, the spices, the, it's more it's more the quick souring method versus speciations, you know, mixed fermentation cultures and aging and stuff like that. Um, so um, just to, just to recap on like on, on, on that, um, a lot of the sours that you see in cans and stuff like that right now are quick sours, which means that the brewery is uh, taking the base warp, making it tart with hopefully um, lactobacillus. And not just dumping a bunch of like lactic acid into it, um, um, and then having lacto lactobacillus produce lactic acid, and then you know once that's done, just adding a bunch of fruit adjuncts to it, letting it sit for a couple of days, packaging it, shipping it out. Um, with speciation and like you know uh, Russian River does a lot of these, New Belgium, um, those are a couple of the the bigger ones that started this in America. Um, they take uh, yeast and bacteria and um you know other kinds of yeasts like Britannomyces and they let stuff sit in uh, photos which are basically like giant huge you know 100 kegs. 200 gallon yeah, yeah like wooden barrels. kegs or barrels <laughs> yeah or maybe even smaller ones and uh and just let stuff sit for a long time and uh the the sourness comes and the flavor changes and it gets more complex and it interacts with the wood and things happen over the course of, you know, half a year, a year, two years. Um, and, and then they, you know, in the case of speciation, do things like add spices or vanilla or fruit. Um, and they let that sit for longer and then they bottle it. And often they, 
uh, bottle condition it, which means that they add more sugar back to the bottle and cap it off in these really thick glass bottles that can handle a lot of pressure. Um, yeah, you'll see them with like the, the, the domed bottoms, uh, the, yeah. like the champagne-style bottles, which can handle, I, I forget the number, but it's literally six plus magnitude. Yeah, magnitudes higher than a, a traditional 12-ounce beer bottle. Um, so... So yeah, it's, it's yeah, speciation is just like a um, but uh, yeah, more there's more complexity there. Quick sours usually are very one dimensional sourness, just in terms of you know, tartness, and, and that's it. Um, you taste right. that those other beers, they they blend the fruit with that sour base that accentuates itself, and you get a lot of depth and a lot of character, and this is a sour beer with blueberries and graham crackers and vanilla. Like it's, and you, you don't taste the beer as much. You taste the blueberry and the graham cracker. Right. And, and then the yeah, vanilla. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the difference. Um, so yeah, this blueberry almond, one of the first graham cracker beers I like though. It's good. Good. Yeah. So I'm, I've been digging for Dale stuff. So um, before we, we wrap up, I want to call out, um, <laughs> we got a couple of shows lined up, right? I do. I'm going to bring this in one more time. So, April, this is like one of the first shows in a long time that I'm not, we're not, you're right. We're not just slamming them back. So, uh, and I would actually have to say, <laughs> I would have to say this is probably the show that we've stayed more on topic than um, we have in a long time. So, uh, kind of bummed, but I've been tired today and just haven't felt like it. Uh, but that's good. It's good. It was a good show. Um, Next week on January 11th, uh, we have a special guest joining us. It's Drew Jacobs. Uh, he is a country music uh, superstar from Michigan. Um, if you look him up on Facebook uh, or go to, I think his website, drewjacobs.com, I, I believe, uh, you can check out his music. He does a lot of uh, um, you know custom music, but he also does some covers. Uh, so we're really excited to be talking to him. Um, more for just his background in Michigan. We're going to talk about beer. We're going to drink bourbon. That's what he likes to drink. Um, we just have some mutual friends, and and he's seen the show. He's been on uh, in our comments before, and and uh, and we thought, why not? Um, let's get him on here and and learn more about him. It's it's part of our Michigan culture, and 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 he's a um, you know willing to to kind of come on and, and lend some of his uh, power to our our little channel here. So. Please tune in for that. I'm hoping um, that's going to be a, a, a fun show. Uh, it might not be so much brewery science. It might just be uh, what April uh, observed. It might be more of the drinking unless it be uh, <laughs> drinking and talking, uh, tasting. Right? So yeah. um, looking forward to, to knocking a few back with Drew Jacobs next week. Um, and then we will have uh, – we're working on more of the lineup for uh, – at least I'm brainstorming out through the first quarter and the three of us are going to get together and kind of flesh that out and start lining up uh, more shows for January, February, and March. Um, so really appreciate you guys that hang out with us every week. Uh, and hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll keep on with some engaging content. Um, we've got a lot of cool shit lined up, at least in, in here. So. That's all I got. Yeah. Badass. Uh, I'm going to put out a post, too, for those keepers that are watching. I'm going to be at Presidential on Friday, passing out awards and score sheets. Um, 
after six o'clock. So, and uh, any Michigan brews people that want to come and support a local brewery and come buy dinner and, and have a beer, come check out uh, Residential on Friday and say hi. So, cool. Thanks a lot, guys. Let me uh, kick off this awful quiet banner. Okay. <laughs> All right.